0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Wet Paint NYC. I'm Paul Cepeda and I'm here with artist and AIF program fellow Mary Yunkin. How are you doing Mary?
1: I'm doing great.
0: Awesome. Well thanks so much for coming out to the studio to talk to us. I know that you have a lot of uh, superior info for folks who need help with organization and especially for artists that can be that can be, you know, a real stumbling block for them. And so I think that this will be a very valuable podcast for artists in general and uh, anybody who feels like they need to uh, sort of get their shit together and, you know, get their work straightened out. So what are you up to these days?
1: <laughs> well, other than working with a uh, fellowship, I've been sort of jamming with a bunch of uh, group shows this year. So I've been in about eight different group shows around, in and around Brooklyn um and i am i've been sort of like hopping around uh, to different studio spaces so i'm finally going to be moving into a new studio in july uh in greenpoint which i'm really excited about it has a window which is great
0: Uh and
1: yes luxury and then uh, i'm also going to be going upstate to uh, beautiful lake george for a week-long residency uh, which will be a good time to sort of reflect and you know work on some new ideas that i can bring back and start you know jamming on in the new studio cool that's
0: fantastic if i remember correctly you were at your previous studio for what like eight years or something and then sort of out of the blue um the landlord hits you up and says hey you know we're gonna jack up the rent or you gotta move right is that the story how did that go down
1: um it wasn't super dramatic, but it was just the people that were leasing the building decided not to renew their lease. Um, you know, a lot of these spaces are, are sort of leased out, um, and then the artists are subleasing from someone. Uh, so that's what happened. And I was there for about eight years. It was a great space, but they weren't gonna renew their lease. So I figured, you know, it was good time. I shared a space there. The rent had been jacked up in previous years, so it wasn't- It always is. It, always is. it wasn't something that I could afford necessarily on my own. Uh. So I decided to look for a studio in my neighborhood. I love Greenpoint. I've lived there for about seven years now in the same apartment, and I lived there a bit before that. Um, And so I really wanted to find a place that was within walking distance of home. So my new studio is maybe like a seven minute walk from my apartment. Yeah, so just that quality of life, being able to go, you know, for just a couple hours in a day, stop in, do something quick, um, and then, you know, also be able to spend longer times in the studio. It, it's really valuable. Um, I think some of the one of the hard things about my previous studio was that I'd have to walk there for 30 minutes. Mm. There wasn't really a direct bus route or anything there. Yeah. So, you know, in the winter, it kind of it's hard. It's hard to think about walking through the snow to your studio. So I think just mentally, it'll be a lot nicer to have a studio that's really accessible to my to me.
0: Right, right. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, that sounds amazing. I I mean, eight years in the previous studio set, um, you know, you, you can really build a life in there. So it can be tough. But it sounds like you found the perfect situation, uh, you know, sort of making the best out of a potentially bad situation. A seven minute walk that's practically... That's practically like having the studio in your house, except that you don't have to smell all the fumes and all of that like I do here. As you can see, you know, we're sitting in the studio recording this. Um, but we're surrounded by oil paint and solvents and all kinds of other stuff. So it's uh, you know, not the healthiest of environments, but it sounds like you've landed the best of both worlds, which, which is fantastic.
1: Yeah. Um. Uh, and no cat hair in the painting. So <laughs> I have cats at home. Oh, so How <laughs> many cats? Two cats, and um, Pickle and Olivia. Uh-huh. So uh, that's nice. And also the other thing about the new studio is it's an artist collective. Ah. So it's I have my own space with the window and everything, but there is a communal space. There's a, there's a community aspect to it. And that's something I've really been missing since being in New York in terms of my studio space. When I lived in Oakland, I was in this amazing studio that's n- that no longer exists called Swarm. And it was a gallery in the front and art Ooh, studios in the yeah. back. And it was just this really strong community Vibe and you know you'd run into people and chat with them on the couches and I just really miss that I think a lot of times in New York we're so pressed for time in our studio that we're just kind of like scurrying to our little cubicle and working 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 in the studio and we're not making that time to like develop and build community so that's something that's I'm really looking forward to um, focusing on this next year yeah that's uh,
0: that's you know that's definitely the case number one that that community is needed one for just sort of like You know, mental uh, downloading, you know, sort of talking with, commiserating with or sharing, you know, the high times with um, with people who are sort of going through at least a similar struggle to you. I mean, that's that's pretty amazing. And that's a big part of, you know, why we founded the artists and fellowship program was, you know, was to try to create some semblance of a community that where we could all sort of like help each other out in one way or the other, whatever that may be. Because I know, like that's something moving around a lot as I did, that can be very difficult. Like you know, to 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 build that, especially as we get a little bit older, and you know, people are living their lives. They've got jobs. If you're in New York, you probably have two or three jobs. Um, let a, let alone you know outside of your practice. So it's great that you're that you found a place to both you know to work and have that community in the same place. And you know, who knows who you're going to meet and those, the kind of connections that you can get through that kind of stuff. So that's fantastic. And you mentioned, um, you mentioned that, that, that that previous space was in Oakland. Are, are you originally from California? And if so, when did you move to New York and how did that happen?
1: Yeah, so I'm actually from uh, Southern California, from Orange County. And then um, when I you know, graduated high school, I immediately moved to San Francisco because uh-huh. I wanted to be where all the artists were. Uh-huh. So I lived in Oakland for about eight years. I went to the California College of Arts and Crafts at the time, it's now California College of the Arts. And then um, I've actually spent, as of last year, I've been uh, in New York for 10 years. Oh. So this is my 11th yeah. year. So it's been quite the ride. I
0: think that means you're official, right?
1: Right? Yeah. I was like, when can I come? I'm probably never going to be a real New Yorker, but... No.
0: <laughs> well, I've heard it two ways. One, when you've been there for 10 years, when you've been here for 10 years, or really when you start paying the New York taxes, that's when you're
1: a New Yorker. It's true. I pay, so, I pay them taxes. So we're, we're deep, in, we're deep <laughs> in New
0: Yorker status, I think. Well, that's fantastic. Um, what what got you into painting or how did you get started painting or like as an artist that kind of thing was it something that you you know that you sort of carried through from childhood or is it something that you got into in school you know how did that whole thing go down
1: i think i was always interested in art as a child but i really started honing uh, my interest in high school so i was in like the art honor society in high school and um, you know, tried to like ditch class as much as I could to go spend time in the art room. Um, and I met some great teachers there. I also, you know, took classes um, in my spare time outside of school, you know, throughout my childhood. So it was just always something I was really interested in. Um, but in high school, I really found out, oh, you could go to art school. Like this could be something I do. <laughs> so then I just became like singularly focused on like I didn't even apply to any other types of colleges. I really wanted to go to art school. Um, and I really wanted to move to a city like San Francisco. I wanted to be somewhere that was kind of out of the burbs, had more um, art and culture happening. So yeah.
0: Well, that's interesting because uh, you know it sounds like you've carried through, like I said, from childhood. This you know just sort of being an artist. Mm-hmm. You know, not necessarily thinking about it like, oh, I'm an artist. It's just something that that some of us just are, or we don't even realize, you know, we're just making stuff. We're always the people that, uh, that folks come to when they want something, you know, crafted up or made pretty or illustrated or whatever it is. And we just say, yeah, yeah, we're the ones who can do that. But it's even more interesting to me because from what I know about your background, like you're not just sort of the wild, crazy artist. You're also like super, um, or at least you try to be, you know, from, from what I can see, you you know, like Super together with everything and like you know doing the research on things and scheduling and planning and plotting it out, which, as I was saying, isn't you know typically what people think of as like a lifelong artist, you know um the sort of crazy uh person with the messy studio and the messy hair and everything else you you seem to be almost like the the opposite of that, so what's your secret
1: <laughs> um Well, my studio is messy. So just I have places, I have places for mess. um, But I would also attribute that to like a type A personality. Um, You know, I was kind of raised by very hardworking parents, like, you know, um, and also kind of raised with like a lot of discipline. I went to Catholic school and all that stuff. So I've been sort of always rebelling against that in some way um, as an artist, but then also I've developed this really strong business sense about how to manage my life and not manage my life as an artist um, I've also worked in the tech industry um, as a day job for like the past 10 years and so I've really honed in on you know the skills I'm building there and how do I use those skills to make myself a more efficient artist you know in New York you're always like running from point A to point B and you're doing this and that so it's like you know how do I make the most of my time how do I really organize myself and so for me having a list having a spreadsheet. Really helps me sort of wrap my brain around that, and it can be separate from my studio. It can be something that I I keep a list on my phone of things I need to accomplish, and I check them off. So for me, that really helps. It makes me feel like I can go to the studio. Everything else has been taken care of. I can be free. I can be messy. I can do my work. I can paint. Like everything else has been taken care of. So if that's if that wasn't the case, like I kind of, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm type A. I feel like I need to have that like base
0: basically you feel like you need to have the bases covered I like that Yeah, that's I, um, I have a feeling that you're much better at it than I am but I, but I also always have that same sort of sense of like okay if I get these things done, if I get these applications in, these emails sent out this, that and the other by like 9.30 in the morning then I can have all these hours where my mind is free to just create, work in the studio not be distracted by these other things um, so your secret is lists and spreadsheets. That's fantastic.
1: Yeah, and I also think that you have to just carve out the time that makes sense for you. So for me, it's, you know, I don't usually go out on a Friday night. I'll sit at home and I'll look through my list of art opportunities I want to apply to. I'll, you know, start writing up proposals or start like, you know, editing images because every application has different requirements for the image size and yada, yada, Um so I just like carve out the time, whether that's one time a week or you know a couple times a month, it really goes in waves. Um, and I usually try to follow the application cycles. So typically for like residencies, they are on a quarterly basis. So There'll be like a summer, fall, winter residency cycle. So um, usually I'm not constantly applying to residencies. So I'll do like a five at once, and then I won't do another for a few months. Um, so also part of that is, this year, I've really focused on intentionality. So, being more intentional about the things I'm applying to. I used to just apply to like everything I could, and you know, anything that was free. Uh, and now I'm really starting to read, like, you know, who's curating this show, what's the mission, what kind of artwork does this gallery normally show, um, where are the places I want to be in. Um, so I'm starting to sort of change my attitude about it to being a little bit more aspirational to where I want to be maybe next year. And when I'm building out the shows that I'm applying to. Yeah, well, it sounds
0: like you really have a plan, and that you're, uh, you know, sticking to that plan and writing it out, and that's and that's fantastic because it really can get overwhelming if you don't, as you said, carve out specific time for these things, and actually, you know, do them when you carve at that time, so that you can get them off your plate, so to speak, and feel like you accomplished something uh, that that'll you know give you that sense of one accomplishment, but also that, you know, hey, I can free myself up now for these other hours to do this thing. And I I, I really can't stress enough how um, how important that really is to, to, to give yourself that sense of relief in a way and not be sweating it all the time. Like you said, especially here in New York, I mean, it's true um, across industries, and I'm sure in other places as well. But, but especially here in New York, you know, you're constantly, like you said, scrambling, you're constantly pressed for time, because even... You know, we commute in our own boroughs, let alone in our own town. You know, it can be a 45 minute commute in our in just in Brooklyn from one place to the other or more easily. Um, and so it really is about managing your time. And uh, and, you know, and, and to tell you the truth, at the end of the day, it can be hard. You know, if you've gone and had to do a day job or even after a long day in the studio, You know, you might want to just crack a beer and uh, kick back and veg out for a while. And that's, you know, perfectly natural. But I think that giving yourself a day or two in that evening where it's like this, no, I don't do anything but this really, um, you know, it's really valuable because those days and those hours add up. It may not seem like a lot at first, but if you're doing that every single week, 52 weeks a year, I mean, that can really add up. And like you said, you do it sort of all at once and then you give yourself a little breather from that to do other things. I think that's fantastic. Um, for people who aren't familiar with your work yet, I'm sure they will be more so soon, how would you describe like your practice, like like what you're working on these days or your art in general?
1: Um, it's yeah, paintings. it's paintings, yeah, mostly paintings and drawings. I'm really obsessed with the everyday. So, you know, from my point of view as a woman and the things I see, the objects I place together, uh, whether it's like a, a still life or maybe an interior space, um, or a portrait. So I, I started out really doing portraiture and then um, sort of tried some other things in grad school, really experimented, and now I've sort of found myself coming back with all of that knowledge back into bringing portraiture into my work in a different way. So um, the last year and a half or so, two years, I've been working on this series of portraits of creative women who I know personally who've inspired my practice uh, depicted in their studio with different objects, still life objects, if you will, like that are personal to them or part of their space. That may be like me recreating some of their art in the studio in the painting or um, their cat that's sitting on their lap or objects on their desk, things like that and really to like make these portraits that are they're about life size and the women are looking right at you so the you know female gaze is strong and they're almost like homages um you know we've all had like a rough maybe few years and i think after the election i was feeling really down about my art practice and um i really wanted to just make work that was celebrating where I've come, where I've um, come to in my career, and really acknowledging all the women in my life who've sort of inspired me and helped me get there. And so I just went into this project just wanting to make something that made me feel good, and that I I, I felt really like you know empowered by. And so it's been a really interesting uh, trajectory to see the paintings grow, and I've learned a lot just about painting in general through the process. And it, it also has spawned some other work. Um, specifically in more still life and interiors uh, that sort of tell this narrative about, you know, everyday, maybe woman's life, maybe more of a feminist uh, perspective. Yeah. So
0: once again, you took a negative um, and turned it into a positive. You know, you took this thing that, that initially made you feel bad and down about your own practice and, and it spawned off a whole new series or two. And who knows what will come from there? Um, and I think that's that's fantastic. And I think that's, you know, one of the major, um, you know, sort of beautiful things that, that artists can give to the world is like, look, we're all seeing things one way. Maybe I can put a little different spin on it or find the silver lining or whatever and share that with the world. And, you know, and, and that, that can sometimes be our gift to the world. I know, you know, um, as you mentioned or as we mentioned before, you're part of the um, artists and fellowship program. And a few weeks back, we had a show. We were part of the Superfine Art Fair in, in, um, in Soho. And, you know, over the course of all those days, you know, I was there and I saw the response to your work. Um, some of these, I think maybe some of these had a little bit of this, um, of, of this uh, new project that you were talking about, you know, like the portraiture, the interiors, the still lives, that kind of thing. And I'm not sure where these other works fell into your body of work, but there were also... Um, what would seem to me like highly personal, almost like autobiographical paintings that you did that were as simple as like like three or four art history books and like one of your, um, you know, like maybe a personal item or something from you and then a, a title that says it all, you know, like a book about like, you know, Banksy and Warhol or whoever else. I don't remember exactly, um, but uh, needless to say, they were all men because that's who were, you know, most most. If not almost entirely written about, especially before our current times, um, and that you know, and that that provocative title of like her history dilemma, her history dilemma, like what books do I look at, you know, what books do girls look at, do women look at to um, to be inspired by? And I just love that you found these sort of you know negative things that are going on, and you found a way to spin them positive. Um, and, and people really responded to those works. I mean, as you know, I mean, you know, you had some pieces sold and all of this good stuff. So um, I say more power to you. Just keep keep fighting that good fight. I mean, you said that you were in like what, eight or nine shows over this past summer. I mean, uh, once again, where do you find the time? And, and, and is this because you're driven to share these works?
1: Yeah, I'm really, I'm really driven to share their works. I'm really driven to, you know, have them enjoyed by others and also um, expand my expand my network in Brooklyn. So yeah, I mean, it, growing up, you know, I didn't really learn about a lot of women artists. I think I learned about Mary Cassatt, who was my all time fave when I was a kid. I was like, Mar- she's Mary, I'm Mary, we're the same. Um, and then, you know, she was really painting women and children when women and children were not depicted in art. So um, that's really struck, stuck with me actually a lot, um, her practice. Uh, you know, I didn't really learn about a lot of other women artists um, that until like later on in life. Like I'm a big fan of Alice Neel's portrait. So um, it's, it's been interesting to sort of figure that out for myself and also learn from other women artists, just my peers. Um, You know, there's some amazing artists working in Brooklyn. You know, I'm I'm privileged to have gone to school with, you know, some of them in grad school and others I've met, you know, through the community. Uh, And I've really, I mean, I am connected to male artists as well, but I think the, the majority of my small network here, my connected network is all women artists who support each other. You know, we email each other whenever their shows are coming up. We'll text each other like, hey, you should check out this opportunity. Um, and it's really the women in my lives who have, like, really, you know, uplifted me and, like, helped me through my career, so. Well, uh, I gotta
0: say that's, that that doesn't surprise me one bit. Um, and I think there, again, is there's that word community. Like, you've developed this community of, um, of women artists, and you guys are looking out for each other. And that's what, that's what the world needs. You know, whatever community it is, you know, we all, we all really need to look out for each other. Perhaps now more than ever. And I'm glad that you've been able to do that. We, we spoke about your work before on the podcast with Robert Mars, who, as part of the um, Artisan Fellowship program, you know, he was your you know sort of advisor in this thing. And in the beginning, when we were figuring out how we were going to match folks up, there was that commonality of the everyday, like the affinity toward the everyday objects that you both have. He... In, in a lot of ways focuses on sort of like ephemera, like everyday from from everyday objects or everyday um, things that were known and seen in say like the '60s, um, and you are bringing it you know to to present day. You know these these um, women artists and people who inspire you and that kind of thing. What has what has your experience been? Sort of hanging out with and talking with Robert um, over these last five months or so. Uh, you know, is there is there anything in particular that you guys sort of vibed on with this sort of everyday, or that you picked up from him in particular?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a couple things. Um, one, I think Robert's work is amazing. Um, it's... It, it speaks to the past, but it also speaks to the present. You know, it's um, it's collage, it's dynamic, there's a lot of like layers to it, and a lot of process to it, which I really identify with. And I used to actually work from old photographs in some past series, so um, you know, it 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 doesn't seem like it's too far off. I think that some of my work sort of nods back to this nostalgia, to this, like, you know, maybe in the color palette, it's sort of... I wouldn't call my work necessarily pop, like um, maybe Robert would describe his work, but I think that it is like, pop adjacent in the way that the color palette is happening. It's more of a contemporary color palette. Um, so I feel like in terms of the way that we work and... The way that we build images and the way that we're looking at the things around us for inspiration um, is a commonality but also he's just an awesome artist like he's doing the thing I he's agree. really professional uh, it's nice to meet someone who is you know building a career as an artist you know he's been working as an artist for many years now mm-hmm. full-time quite you know successfully, quite successfully so uh, just being able to talk to someone Where it's not like, oh, you know, the successful artists are over there in that room or in that gallery and I don't have access to them. So just being able to sit and, you know, have him in my studio and chat about like the daily struggles of being an artist. It actually really kind of struck me that he has the same concerns that I have. So when I'm in the studio and I'm stressing and I'm like you know, worried about this new project. I'm like, oh my gosh, Robert Mars is also stressing about his project that's coming up. So it's like, you know, the same anxieties that we have as artists don't really change. Um, so that's been really, really yeah. nice. Yeah,
0: it's, 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 um, it's both reassuring and a little bit scary that no matter how far up the food chain we go and we talk to folks, it's, uh, it's we, we're all still struggling. It never ends. But, you know. Some would say such is life and that that life literally is suffering and, you know, at least to some degree, the struggle. And that's how we know that we're alive. You know, Um, we don't want to be lulled into, uh, you know, into some sort of like a a narcotic coma or whatever. You know, we got to every day, you know, we're going to stub our toe or something that's going to wake us up to the fact that uh, we still have more work to do. Um, Yeah, that's 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 been a major takeaway From the program, from the AIF program, for me too, is I mean, you know, we've had, um, you know, we've had people who work in like the top galleries in the world tell us these same stories that uh, that you know, even those people in like blue chip galleries are still dealing with everything from financial you know woes to uh, you know, are people really going to respond to my work um, even 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 at that level. Um, which is pretty hardcore when you're on like an international you know stage if you flop there that's a big flop um but uh you know like i said in some ways it's reassuring it's also scary that no matter what we're, we're in the, we're, we're on this wheel forever but i'm glad that you had the opportunity to meet him yeah may, maybe he is one of the one of the rarer male artists That is willing to set the ego aside and just share what he knows and just, you know, vibe with other artists with the fact that, yeah, we're all in this together. It's all the same struggle. You know, if you sell art, that's not going to take away from me selling art. You know, the more art sold, the better, Um, I think. So, so, yeah, he's definitely a fantastic guy and uh, I'm glad that we all had the opportunity to hang out with him. Um, And he spoke very highly of you on the podcast, obviously, as well. So let's see, so we've, so we've talked about the AIF program and some of the stuff that, that you've been working on in the past and your move to the studio and to the new studio. And let's talk a little bit about this residency that you have coming up. You're going to be going out to like, it's almost. you said it's something like an, almost like an art camp where you get to go hang out near the water and under the trees and under the stars and create with other creatives and that kind of thing. Tell us more.
1: Yeah, so it's, it's just a small residency. It's one week in upstate New York at Lake George uh, with about 18 other artists. And it's actually, it's funny because it's at this summer home for the Paulus priests. Uh, so the priests are there in one building and the artists are there in the other building. And it's not a, it's not a religious program, but it's, uh, it invites everyone. It's a very accepting, um, diverse group of artists that are there. And you basically get fed three meals a day. You get a room and a bed and everything you need, and you just get to wake up and make art, and then go swim in the lake. And this is one of the most what like more could you ask it's for? what more could you ask for? Um, it's an amazing residency, and um, it's called Openings. Uh, I almost don't want to tell anyone that because. I don't want anyone else to go. <laughs>
0: well, I mean, applications are closed now. Uh, mean, yeah, so they're aware. closed.
1: They're closed now. Um, but you I did... won't get to hang out with Mary. Maybe I know. next time. Yeah, I went last year as well. And oh, um, cool. so this is the second year I've been going. Oh, cool. um, and it's just really nice to meet people from different walks of life, uh, you know, different ra- ages and different places in their career. And we're all sort of in this like cool old building like next to the lake. Um, and you know, just giving yourself that time to explore, I think is really important. Cause you know, I mean, I am very organized. I you know, go to the studio and I have my spreadsheets and my lists and stuff. But there there needs to be those days where you just kind of go a little crazy and maybe mm-hmm. you make some ugly art. Maybe you like you know, do an installation in you know an attic room of this old house or like you know do some like drawings that you never would do like in plain air when you go on, when you're on a hike. So, you know, I'm really into making art wherever you are and sort of challenging yourself to let loose a little bit. I think that's one of my biggest problems is I, I go into the studio and I'm like, I know what I'm going to paint today. I have my color palette. I've got my, like, supplies, everything set, and I, like, know how to approach it. But when you're in an environment like that where there's no studio... It's just basically you, you have your room, you have like the woods and you have the lake and you can just, you can choose how to make art in that environment, but it's not like a scheduled, you know, predictable environment. Yeah,
0: I love that you're aware of that fact. You know, you're you're self-aware and you're also aware of the fact that, you know, you need like download time. You need time to let loose. you, meaning everybody. Everybody needs that time, no matter what profession you're in, no matter what you're doing um you know even if even if you know like you're like a parent or a single parent like you need some time for yourself to do to let your brain work things out and um and i i i like i said i think it's fantastic that you've that you're working out you've either found that balance or you're working on finding that balance between um being an artist and you know i think i think Maybe that's part of the definition of what an artist is, is somebody who's willing to take those chances. Um, You know, there are folks that can who can create and recreate things over and over and over and over again, um, you know, images or whatever it is. But they probably don't feel like artists and they probably then I don't know that they would necessarily qualify as artists in that in this respect, because. What I think what folks are looking for from artists is that willingness to. Throw yourself over the cliff and do something like you said, quote unquote, make ugly art, make a monster on a canvas or out of a sculpture or some sort of installation. Make something crazy and just throw it up against the wall and let let it land where it may. You know, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, um, that makes me think of when I was part of the Governor's Island Art Fair a number of years ago. Uh, it's now called Portal, I believe, and it's happening in September, so everyone should go check it out. Uh, it's an amazing group of artists that put this event on on Governor's Island in New York. Uh, but you know, I proposed a wall drawing installation so I thought that I was going to get a room. It's all basically an old, uh, an old housing on Governor's Island. And artists are given like a kitchen or a bedroom or a hallway or whatever.
0: It's like dilapidated?
1: Yeah, they're kind of like, you know, old, old buildings. Um, they've got character. They've got character, exactly. So it's a really good opportunity. And I applied with, you know, a wall drawing that I had been doing in grad school. And they gave me th- basically like a three-story stairwell to do a wall drawing in and that was very outside my comfort zone and I went for it and I did it and it was such a cool experience um so sometimes you need to apply to things that you know you may be like I don't know what this is going to be like when I applied I didn't know what kind of space I would get but they gave me the space responding to the work that I proposed with you know like they basically gave me the work the space that would like fit my work
0: but again, you were pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone. Well, or at least you ended up pushing yourself outside the comfort zone, whether you expected that or not. But you did it. And, you know, and, and the piece was created and, and people got to experience it and you learned something and had, had an experience. And that's, I think, you know, really that's that's what it's all about. Because we really can, especially if we're just going to the studio over and over you know, again, you can get caught up in, in you know a cycle of doing sort of the same thing over and over again. Especially if people are like buying it, you know, it can get it can get a little bit like, well, I want to explore something else, but uh, I also want to pay my rent. So let me make another one of these things. Um, So I'm just I'm just, you know, certainly thrilled to hear that you're jumping off that cliff at least every once in a while and and trying new things and pushing it. And I mean, you know, I I I would have guessed that because, you know, it shows in your it shows in your work. and, uh, you know, it's fantastic that you continue to grow and that you see yourself as continuing to grow. Um, so what, uh, what else? What, what? I got a question for you. Where do you see yourself or where would you like to be in five years with your art career?
1: Oh, my gosh. No pressure. No pressure. Just do that, <laughs> just do that curveball out there. I mean, in, in five years, I really want to be working for myself. You know, I want to be, I like to call it a bot, you know, a boss bitch oh, i want to be able to call it. yes i want to be able to you know support myself off my art um i want to be able to uh try new things go to more residencies um really really develop like more of a business plan for myself um so that's kind Even of my
0: more of a business plan, all right. yeah yeah
1: i mean i'm hustling i'm going i'm in shows and stuff uh-huh. but you know the reality sure. the reality is you know i have a day job And it's great, and I learn a lot from it, and I contribute a lot to it. Um, But, you know, in five years' time, I can imagine myself being, you know, independent contractor, if you will. An
0: independent art contractor. I love it. Well, that's fantastic. Well, for now, um, where can people, where's the best place for people to find your work and to get in touch with you?
1: Yeah, you can find my work at um, maryyunkin.com. It's my website. Uh, you can also follow me on Instagram, Yunkin Studio. Uh, y O U N K I N is the name.
0: That's the name. Feel free to wear it out. Um, check out the website, check out Instagram. And if you want to meet the artist in person, you may not be able to get into that residency this year, but you can come down to the final show for the AIF program at um, the Living Gallery Outpost on, uh, it's, it's actually the, the full, it's, it's this coming up weekend, so it's June 27th through whatever Sunday is, and um, you know, it, this, this, we're sort of wrapping up the program, and we had our big show in Soho, and then we have fresh art for this show. So even if you were able to come out and check us out there, we have even more stuff here. And we'll have like live painting and live music and um, some, I believe, some installations and all that good stuff. So come down. Learn a little bit more about the program. Learn more about the artists involved. They're all absolutely fantastic. You can meet some of the advisors as well. And, um, and you know what? Even better, you may be able to walk away with some of Mary's work. So don't forget to bring your checkbook. But anyway, uh, um, anything else, Mary? What? What? Anything else you want to talk about? Or do you think we've covered most of the bases for now?
1: I think we've covered most of the bases. I will be gallery-sitting on Sunday, this Sunday.
0: Um,
1: whatever that date whatever is. Whatever that date is uh, of coming. So from 1 to 5, if you want to come by, say hi, introduce yourself. Um, I'm happy to talk about my work with you in more detail.
0: That's right, and if you and if you can't make it, you know, just reach out. Feel free to reach out. Um, artists work alone for the most part, but uh, that greater community, which includes you, you, anybody who's listening, that greater community is. Um, is super important both both for keeping the arts alive but also like you guys need to get involved you guys need to experience some of this stuff because it's good for you mary has carved out time from her life in order to create things that will inspire you um one way or the other whether it's through the color the subject matter or through her hard work dedication and um and her work with Uh, spreadsheets and lists and all this good stuff, (laughs) whatever it is, one of these things is going to inspire you. So you need to get out there and experience it. So once again, uh, check out the websites and feel free to reach out. Mary, thank you so much for sharing this uh, info with us. Um, I'm sure that you've inspired a lot of folks and I look forward to uh, chatting with you again soon, hopefully.
1: Awesome. Thank you, Paul.
0: And thanks again to all of our listeners. You can find details about the events that we were discussing, as well as find art by Mary Youngkin and other highly dedicated artists at wetpaintnyc.com.